0: Welcome to Lady Bits and Leadership, a brave space where women come together to share stories about our bodies, our sexuality, and motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Vogel, and my mission in life is helping women feel less alone, process their trauma, and build the lives they desire. So if you're ready to join a community of women who have found their voices, who have become liberated from shame and reclaim their power, then you're in the right place, girl. You found us. We're so happy you're here. Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a wonderful guest lined up. We have Keely Miller from Keely Miller Portrait, and she is a powerhouse of empowerment for women. And you know what she does? Boudoir photography. Get out of here. Nakey photos for women, yes, but it's more than just naked photos or photos with, you know, scantily clad women. It's more than this. And I just want to tell you a little story about why. For my entire life, my entire life, I hated taking photos. I hated, and I like taking photos, but every time I looked at my photo, the amount of criticism that would run through my head... Why do you have a, you know, a love handle here? Why do you have cellulite there? God, you really need to tone up those arms. Does this sound familiar to any of you? I'm sure many of you are like, yeah, girl, literally still every day. And yeah, to, the, to that point, I still struggle with some of the photos that I take, but the internal voices are just so much less. And I think what's so wonderful about what Keely does is she helps women see their bodies from a different light she helps see she helps women see their bodies through the eyes of another and why that's important well I'll tell you for years and years and years we as women grow up in the society that continues to tell us aim for perfection lose that 10 pounds become smaller eliminate cellulite make sure that nothing on your body is crooked and so we're held up to this ridiculous standard that literally, will never manifest. People are going undergoing surgeries to achieve, quote unquote, perfection. And I'm not against that shit. But at the end of the day, regardless of how you alter your body or not, if you don't love yourself, if you don't love your body, life is just so much harder. It's so much harder and it prevents you from stepping into your power, your power as a woman, your power as a girlfriend, a wife, a spouse, a mother, a leader in your community, a leader at your job. It prevents you from taking risks because you're living with that sense of shame and fear that starts with your body. And it just prevents women from stepping into their power ultimately. And the reality is this world needs literally every woman to start claiming her power, stepping into her power and stepping up because we have seen how the world is run through the eyes and the brains of men and time's up. We're done with that shit. Okay. So we need to start by understanding our connection with our body and how that may or may not be holding us back. So what Keely does and what other photographers do who do boudoir photos, who do photography in general, is help you see just how goddamn beautiful you are. It's amazing to me. I'm sure many of you had this experience where you run into someone and they're like, oh, I hate the way that I look in this photo. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You are fucking stunning. So these photographers do that for other people. It took me, let's see, I was 33. I was pregnant. Uh, There was a call out on a Facebook group and a woman named Kelsey Beeler, a wonderful photographer who used to be based in San Diego and now is based in Oregon, was sending a call out for pregnant mamas who wanted to do kind of an erotic photo shoot. I was like, sign me up. So I sent her, uh, my deets and a photo and she's like, yep, you let's go out into a field and get naked. And I was like, oh my God. And when I tell you I soaked up that experience, I was like, I am Giselle Bundekind. I am Ashley Graham on Vogue. I am a Vogue cover girl. And you know what happened? I mean, I literally was naked in a field with Kelsey. It'll have to be a whole nother episode. And she was shooting me and I was in the weeds and I was rolling around in the grass and it was really itchy and uncomfortable. And the whole time I was terrified that a snake was coming to get me. But what happened was because she was such a master at her craft, when I saw the finished photos, I looked like an ethereal fairy goddess being. I saw photos of myself and I was like, everything melted away. All of my insecurities melted away because she was able to craft such a beautiful portrait, such a mood, such an energy. It was so much fun. And yes, I did involve Leo in these photos. And yes, at the end of the shoot, he was like, he turned to me, he's like, did you have fun? And I was like, yeah, I freaking love this. I want to do this all the time. And he was like, Well, I'm just going to tell you now, I'm only going to do one of these a year. So just pick your, um, you know, your photo shoots appropriately as you need me involved because I'm not doing this more than once a year. I was like, that's fair, fair, fair. He's a very private person. I am not. And, um, you know, he needed to draw the boundary. And so have I taken him up on that offer every year since then? Uh, 1000% absolutely. And yeah, but it sparked inside of me this realization that these artists like Keely and like Kelsey are here to help women see themselves differently, here to help women see themselves strong and beautiful and worthy of being erotic and gorgeous. And so I'm just so excited for you to hear our conversation. We talk all about our own struggles with body image, how she got into photography in her teens. My friend, this is one of our youngest guests to date. I did not know this. She has the presence of someone who is just a well-established professional, which she is. Granted, she's been doing this since she was probably, I think she said 13 or 14. So now that she's about, I don't know, in her mid-20s, she has been doing this for over a decade. She has her own house studio in San Diego. So for my San Diego listeners, check her out. Keely Miller portraits on TikTok. She is killing the game. You will see images of women who look like you, Everything from small and petite to curvy and larger, women of all body shapes and sizes are highlighted. And she loves, loves working with women in particular to help them love their bodies again. We spend too much time. We lose too much time to hating our bodies. Every moment that we spend hating our bodies is energy taken away from stepping into our greatness and rising the collective womanhood, the collective power. Okay, now I'm getting a little, little spiritual here, so I'm gonna stop myself. I'm gonna just go into this episode, but I hope that you find this incredibly enticing and that you sign up to either work with Keeley Or you sign up to work with a local boudoir photographer and then you tell me about it. And then you jump on the podcast and you tell me about it. I cannot wait to hear what your experiences are because everyone that I've worked with who has taken a nude or semi-nude or a boudoir photography with some lingerie has come away from that experience feeling more empowered in their skin, having more compassion and more love for themselves. And that is just, that is just, what I'm here to do that is I'm here to see women rise and I love this shit so without further ado here's the episode (laughs) we have Keely Miller folks if you have not seen her work on multiple magazines on TikTok um, all across the internet she owns Keely Miller portrait she does boudoir photos in black and white These beautiful, beautiful portraits of women's bodies. I'm literally getting chills just thinking about how empowering she is for women who work with her, for women who see her content on TikTok, Instagram, elsewhere, because it gives women permission to think maybe they are worthy too. Maybe they are beautiful too. And after years and years of conditioning to believe that we are less than, to believe that our bodies are not reaching the perfect standards, to believe that we're not worthy of celebrating our bodies, she is just like, I'm busting through that mold. I just, I'm so enamored. I'm so excited that you're here. And so, with that, why don't you give us your introduction, my friend?
1: That was the best intro ever. I freaking loved that. But no, thank you so much for having me again. My name's Keely. I'm a boudoir photographer, empowerment photographer based in. Uh, San Diego. And we were just chatting about this before we started, just how aligned our work is and what we do for our clients. So I'm just super excited to be here today.
0: Absolutely. As someone who grew up with so many messages of disempowerment about my body, you know, being a taller, bigger girl and growing up in the nineties in particular, you know, that has taken a lifetime to unlearn. And I think when I finally got to the point where I really loved looking at my body and really accept, and that came from an acceptance of my body and a real kind of reverence for what my body gives me um, in so many ways, I feel so much freer. And I think the work that you do helps women get to that point. And so I'd love to kind of turn back the clock though, because you've been doing this for over 10 years. Where did your journey of becoming a boudoir photo photographer start? How, what inspired you to go this route in your professional journey? Honestly, it's, it's a
1: very long journey and quite a long story, but I'll try to make it a little bit succinct um, just because I know we are on somewhat of a time limit. But essentially, I started photography when I was around probably only six or seven years old. And I was able to turn that into a quote unquote business when I was about 12 years old. Oh Um, my gosh. (laughs) I'm 24 now. So um, I started just doing, you know, family photos for friends or senior photos. I started shooting weddings when I was 15. Um, I worked in sports for a long time. I used to be Uh, a distance runner. So that was pretty aligned with what I did at the time. I worked in sports. I worked in journalism. I kind of joke with other photographers that I've essentially photographed everything except newborns, mainly because I'm just scared that I would drop
0: one. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that.
1: (laughs) So it's been, it's been a long journey, but when I was around 18 or 19, so about five years ago, I started to photograph women. And for me, these sessions became so much more meaningful and so much more powerful than the work that I was doing previously, because my previous work essentially to me, well, I got to celebrate fun things like high school seniors and weddings, and I really enjoyed that, it just didn't hold the power that being able to photograph a woman and helps to help her feel beautiful, essentially holds for me. Um, so also another big part of my journey, I have had severe eating disorders all of my life. Um, and again, as somebody who grew up in the nineties and two thousands, I don't know many women who frankly haven't because that conditioning yeah. is so built in. So I think that we probably grew up in very similar ways where you are conditioned, to look at your body and compare that body and that body is never going to be good enough no matter what you do because these brands and these businesses are just going to profit off of your feelings of unworthiness or just simply not good enoughness right so I have struggled with that my entire life so when I started photographing women it also, in a way, allowed me to take a step back and really think about why I'm doing what what I'm doing and how I would want to be photographed and how I would want to exist. And as I stepped into the world of boudoir, it really made me kind of wake up and realize there is some really good work that we can be doing here.
0: Oh, absolutely. So I want to talk about maybe the first couple clients where you realize like, oh, there's something about the power of women and the power of helping a woman see herself. Cause I think, you know, as someone who's participated in multiple photo shoots or as someone who just owns a phone with a camera, you know, they always, <laughs> someone takes a photo And they turn the camera around and they're like, what do you think? And when you're in a professional photo space, the first one that I ever did was when I was pregnant. And that's when I felt the most powerful in my body. I was growing a human. I felt like a fucking unicorn. I was like, oh my God, I'm a goddess. Like it didn't, it didn't hurt that my pregnancy was really relatively easy. So I'll put that out there but it i was in awe of myself i was in awe of feeling this little human moving around in there i was in awe in the fact that women like myself for eons since the beginning of time when we're talking about mammals has literally propagated the species forward like we are the mothers we are it just was an amazing experience. And having this professional photographer move me, ask me questions, inspire me to look certain places or think a certain thought and to, and to go through it. One, I felt very editorial. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I am, I really am a model. Like having someone direct me in that way was a, was an amazing experience. And then two, when she turned the camera around and showed me just a snippet, I was like, holy shit she made me for real look like a model. So talk to us about the first times that you started to photograph women and the reactions that you got and how that helped propel you to say like, yes, this is it.
1: Honestly, the most common reaction that I get when I'm photographing a client and I turn that camera for the first time, like you were speaking about, it really is oh my gosh, is that me? Is that right? me? Yes. Because we, we don't get to see ourselves like that often or really ever. I was talking about this the other day. I read, it was this quote somewhere, so I'm totally going to botch it, but it was essentially talking about how we as humans, we never actually get to see ourselves, right? Like we can see ourselves in a mirror or we can see ourselves In a photo, but we're never really able to see ourselves. And I believe that a good photographer, which sounds like the one that you did for your maternity photos, Mm -hmm. which is awesome, a good photographer will kind of help you to see yourself. So that first reaction is really kind of backwards. It really is, wow, who is that? Is that me? Because you're able to see yourself in that powerful, strong, sexy, model esque, whatever word is most empowering to you, you're able to see yourself in that way in that light. And that is something that's so rare.
0: Yeah. And that's where the art piece comes in. This is not just having clicking a button. You are creating art with people's bodies and showing them that they too, just like, you know, the sculptures that belong in museums, you know, that they can be that, that they can be art. And I think that that's so wonderful. How how does someone prepare for something like this emotionally? I'm not going to say physically, because I know that when you're working with a body positive photographer, like yourself, it's really not about getting to the point where you're 15 pounds less, or that your body's really ready. You have always emphasized you're ready now. Like, let's look at you now like you are, you're beautiful in your skin. So how do you help someone emotionally prepare to either sign up to work with you or once they have signed up to get ready emotionally for a shoot like this, that is so intimate.
1: Quite honestly, the feedback that I get most often from my clients is that the hardest part is signing up. The hardest part is sending that email. The hardest part is just getting into the door. Um, and if you find a good photographer that they they will help you the whole way. So for example, like I I have a consultation call with all of my clients when they even initially inquire, just so I can say hi, get to know about them so they can kind of get my vibe. We can talk about kind of what their vision is for their photo shoot. And then about a month before their actual photo shoot day, I also do a Zoom call. So I give my clients some homework. I have them put together a vision board. I have them fill out questionnaires. I give them a little bit of homework to help them prepare. And then on that Zoom call, I literally put together a packing list for them everything I can do just to make it as simple as possible. Because yeah, honestly, just getting into the door is the hardest step because as a photographer, I'm asking my clients to be incredibly vulnerable, right? I'm asking them to come into my space even though I'm essentially a stranger as much as I try not to be, I am a stranger and to come into my space and to be vulnerable in more ways than one. So it really is asking a lot. So I feel like that responsibility honestly lies mostly on me as a photographer um, instead of on the client. Does Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it definitely does. I think you create the parameters and the boundaries to say, here's how we're going to move forward. I mean, giving them homework sounds like a perfect idea, (laughs) a vision board so that you understand what is it that turns them on? You know, what is it that may, and not just sexually, but like what lights them up? What do they see as beautiful when, when you turn the camera around, you want something that aesthetically they're already thinking to themselves. I think that this is beautiful. And I'm sure the various women that you work with have different, um, motivations to come to you, have different visions of what they would want. So maybe talk to us about, uh, let's, let's stay on the topic of motivation and how people actually get to the point where they are get they're seeking a boudoir photo shoot because I could see there being a couple different reasons why people want to sign up and take photos that for those who don't know what boudoir is we've been talking about it is is (laughs) essentially and maybe you could describe it better but essentially when you look at boudoir it's very sensual um sometimes people are naked or or lightly clothed um you can continue from here because you're the expert in boudoir how would you describe it (laughs) No, it really is. Traditionally,
1: boudoir is typically taken in lingerie. And I can kind of talk Mm -hmm. about this later, um, how I'm kind of revamping that word maybe a little bit. But traditionally, boudoir, if you looked up what boudoir was maybe even 10 years ago, um, boudoir is typically taken in lingerie. Traditionally, it's taken for a cisgender husband. Typically, it's taken as like a wedding gift. Typically, there's like crazy uncomfortable stilettos and like very sexualized poses. Mm. And that's what boudoir is. And if you look at traditional boudoir, it's often a size zero body. It's often a white um, cisgender woman. Um, And yeah, I'm just kind of working to revamp that word a little bit if we want to kind of talk about what boudoir is and what that means. But I feel like over the past 10 years, there have been some really incredible photographers, I've had some really incredible mentors, who have kind of opened up and really shifted what boudoir means and what boudoir looks like to more of like an empowerment photo shoot so I will have clients who come in because they do want to give a gift to their partner or their spouse. But most of the time, the real reason that my clients come in is to just reconnect with their body, to celebrate their body, to see themselves as art, to just allow that to exist. So And some kind of push reasons that that can look like getting out of an abusive relationship that can look like gaining or losing a lot of weight that can look like reaching a certain age. I have a lot of clients who come in to celebrate turning 30 or 40 or 50, 60, even 70 or 80, which is freaking awesome. So it's been really, really cool to kind of shake up what boudoir is and Mm -hmm. what boudoir looks like and who boudoir is actually for.
0: Oh, I love that so much. What are you thinking of rebranding to? Are you going to take boudoir out of it and use more of like, it's an empower, I'm an empowerment uh, photographer, or would you keep boudoir, <laughs> but just add like inclusive or body positive?
1: It's a good question. For, for my SEO, if my marketing side, I kind of have to keep boudoir, but <laughs> yeah. no, it really is about just shifting. I think to me, what boudoir actually means. And there's a lot of really awesome photographers and mentors again, who are also really helping to push that change, which has just been
0: really incredible to see. And I think we're seeing that across the board as well. We're seeing more uh, inclusive bodies, both in race, ethnicity, ability, um, you know, cisgender, transgender women in, um, you know, in modeling at the cat on the catwalk, we're seeing it in, you know, like I was just in target and they had bigger, what looks like my body size Mm -hmm. 18 body on a mannequin. I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, we're seeing it in, um, you know, people like Rihanna and, Um, the wonderful what is her name with the flute Lizzo (laughs) their lines of lingerie again being in so many different (laughs) sizes yes that I think we're seeing a shift of a cultural understanding that white cisgender tiny size zero women although beautiful and wonderful and valid is not the only Mm. model of beauty here that beauty can be found in all different shapes and sizes that everyone's capable of being beautiful and feeling beautiful
1: absolutely no it it definitely has been positive to see that start of shifting um i i'm excited to see where we are in five years 10 Mm -hmm. years 20 years but i i totally agree that that shift is really exciting to see Yeah.
0: So when you meet with people and you do these initial, these initial meetings, what is the biggest hesitation that you find or a couple of hesitations or fears? And how do you help remind women of their power?
1: Oh, my gosh, so many like fears, of course, like, even even as a photographer, I kind of have to force myself some years, I, I try to take an annual, either a really extensive self portrait session, or I mm-hmm. hire another photographer to take portraits of me once a year. And again, some years, it's harder than others. So I know and understand those fears, those fears don't really totally go away. But often those holdbacks are like, how will I ever look like the women on your website? I need to lose weight first. I don't know how to pose. I'm too old for this. I have nobody to give these photos to. Isn't it selfish to spend so much time and so much money on yourself? Like I could go on and on and on. There are so, there's there's just so much frankly guilt and shame that is it, like trapped into us as women whenever we wanna do anything to kind of celebrate ourselves. Um, And spend money and time and really just invest in ourselves again just so much guilt and shame so a million 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 like fears and reasons that would kind of stop women from doing this which is again such a bummer. Um, But for me as a photographer, the biggest thing I can do is just be there and hold their hand and let them know that I understand where they're at and that I'm going to be there every step of the way. I think it's really important when you hire a boudoir photographer to look for somebody who has a a diverse portfolio, somebody who's going to offer you consultations, somebody who's going to make you feel seen and heard and comfortable Um, I think that's just really important to look out for too.
0: Absolutely. So talk to us about your first boudoir photo shoot. What was that like?
1: So scary. So <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna when say I, fun. when I
0: was photographed for the first time. Yeah, by someone else, so by professional.
1: <laughs> it's so flipping scary. And while I kind of knew what to expect, it's still hard again to allow yourself to be that vulnerable and to allow yourself to be uncomfortable and still say, okay, this is a lot, but I'm still going to do it because I I'm excited for this in a way, or I, I know that this is going to be good for me in a way, but no, it's absolutely scary, but similar to you when you're able to see yourself in that light and see that power and see, oh my gosh, I can hold this space and own it. It, it really is a game changer.
0: I really think that that energy translates so well into people's relationships and how they show up as partners. It transfers into how they see themselves in their workspaces and, you know, because it's all about power, in my opinion, we women are often made to feel powerless, whether through the messages we receive about our body, whether it's through the ways that our society continues to harm us. Um, both verbally through sexual harassment, physically through higher rates of sexual violence against us um and and each one of those, you know, like I was just walking in front of Target. I'm like a 35 year old mom. I was not dressed to the nines and I still got sexually harassed by someone in front of Target and I'm like I think to myself, All of these little slights, or someone might perceive as little slights, Mm -hmm. all embed themselves deep into our psyche about, you know, just walking down the street. And we can't even look at people because if we look, especially at male identified folks, it might be a reason that they give us or a reason that they think, okay, now I can say something to them. And it's probably going to be sexual, something about, something inappropriate, something that makes me feel uncomfortable, even just walking out of Target to my car where my husband and my child were like, and I didn't say anything to my husband because it's like, why, mm. but you know, and, and he's been through it. Cause I talk about this shit all the time. <laughs> he knows that it happens, but I think only other women who have been through this every day, all these little slights against us, all these harms against us can really understand that like Each one makes us feel a little less powerful. Each one makes us feel a little more harmed. And when you can have a moment that's fully about you, where you are wearing whatever makes you feel beautiful, or even if you don't quite feel that way, you know that on the other end of the, the... session is going to be some shots that you're like wow that took my breath away I'm sure you, I mean like I'm tearing up just thinking about it. I'm sure you've had so many people just tear up and cry that like they've never seen themselves look like that before
1: oh I cry sometimes too oh, yeah. <laughs> I cry for them sometimes but no really one of the best parts of my job when I'm showing my clients their photos oftentimes they're able to pick up and say I was able to see my confidence come out, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the photo shoot. They're able to see like a physical actual um like viewing of that of their shoulders relaxing and their chin raising and their eyes lighting up just throughout the photos and then they walk out my door with their chin held up so much higher and to me that is everything because again, the women I photograph Most of my clients are not size zero. Most of my clients are not really represented still in the media. Most of my clients have never been able to see themselves as that powerful goddess that I'm able to show them that they are. And so when I'm able to sit down and show a client essentially a piece of art and say, this is you, this is your power, this is your beauty, that to me is just absolutely
0: everything. Oh, I love that so much. It um, I do have the que- a question about how they choose their vision board and how they choose the outfits that they're going to be have their portrait done in. How does all that work?
1: So one of the things that I ask my clients to start with is adjectives. So I, I ask mm-hmm. them even on that first consultation call. Um, I ask them to visualize opening their album, and I ask them if there's any adjectives that come to mind for the person that they see in that album. And sometimes my clients will say she's confident, or she's powerful, or she looks like a goddess, or she's strong, or she's sexy, or she's joyful. All these different adjectives come to mind. And then after that consultation call, I do give them the homework of putting together an inspiration board. So I do have a Pinterest page started just to help my clients get an idea of where to begin because I have different boards with kind of different moods and themes and adjectives just to kind of help them explore what speaks to them. So whether it is like, Oh, this outfit speaks to me, or this pose speaks to me, or the lighting speaks to me. Um, It allows them to kind of create those first steps to really visualize what their photo shoot can or could look like. Because on that first call, it's really hard to dictate for most clients, this is what I envision my photo shoot to actually look like. So I found that that vision board is a really, really helpful step. And then again, on that Zoom call, I'm able to um, kind of pull up that inspiration board so we can look at them together. And I'll ask my clients, you know, what stood out to you about these photos? What adjectives come to mind? And then from there on, it really is my job as a photographer to bring that to light. So for some of my clients, what is empowering is maybe being photographed in like i've had a client bring like a motorcycle suit for example because that was empowering to her because she loved how strong and sexy she felt in her motorcycle suit for some clients that's really feminine that that can be a dress that can be almost like an old hollywood or even like a pinup style for some of my clients that means being fully nude and embracing every curve and every inch and every roll so essentially for me as a photographer, my job from there is just to meet my clients where they are and to help them feel empowered in whatever way, whatever outfit, whatever light is most empowering to them. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, um, for those who are working with you, do you, if they don't have anything, do you have outfits or different things that they might be props that they might be able to use during their shoot?
1: Yes, I have become a bit of like a clothing hoarder. So for example, I know that people can't see me because we're on a podcast, but you can see on our zoom call behind me, I have like this long sheer feather robe, or I have like a lot of like oversized white button-ups. I have body suits. I have sheets. I have more dresses, skirts. Like I have a bunch of options for my clients to choose from because I tell everybody, even if you show up with absolutely nothing, it's still going to be beautiful. It's still Mm going to be magical. Um, and again, it really just kind of goes back to me as a photographer, doing everything I can do to make this process as easy, as seamless, as enjoyable, stress-free for my clients as I possibly can. But I do have some goodies in the studio.
0: I love that. Please tell us where do we get a silk robe, like, or a see-through robe, like I see behind you with feathers (laughs) all over the place. Where does one even purchase this?
1: (laughs) Honestly, I feel like half of my stuff is just from Amazon. A lot oh, okay. of stuff, like I have some goddess crowns that I find from Etsy. Um, some of my pieces are just from independent designers. Like there's a woman up in LA who's magnificent. Um, there's a woman over in Ukraine who I have purchased a few pieces from. Um, so really all over the world, but yeah, Amazon is pretty helpful too.
0: I love that. And I think that, the vision board, the describing, finding the adjectives to describe how it is that you wish to be. If you don't feel that way now, how do you wish to be? And every little step to take you closer to that envision, this would be my ultimate, like this is how Sarah 2.0 or like ultimate Sarah would show up. This is how she would be. The taking action towards that whether it be just a photo shoot or buying an outfit that makes you feel really powerful, these little signifiers that remind you that you're worth it, that you have value, that you deserve luxuries, whether they're big or small, is taking that action to solidify something that maybe you don't believe right now, but that you could believe is true. And then every little action takes you closer and closer to going from, I don't believe it to I, I embody it.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. And Again, like doing a photo shoot can be a really big step for a lot of folks. So even if it means exactly like buying an outfit, trying it on, dancing in front of the mirror, setting up your phone to take a few selfies, running around your house naked, you know, whatever that looks like for you to just allow your body and allow yourself to exist and taking those tiny steps towards you 2.0, whatever,
0: again, that adjective is for you. I love that. I tend to buy, I go to thrift shopping a lot and I always go immediately to the lingerie and any like teddies, nighties, little tops, bras. I'm just like, yes, get that, throw some bleach on it. We're good to go. And I have to say, like, I've used this with clients before. I tend to, if I'm not really feeling into my body, sometimes I'll just put on one of those cute little nighties and just like go around my house doing what I would have done. Unloading the dishwasher, loading the dishwasher, doing laundry, cooking dinner, prepping dinner, you know, all the like humdrum of life. And it not only makes me feel good to have all the like silk and lace on my body, but it's also kind of takes me out of the element of what I'm usually in, which is like sweats, you know, and makes me just kind of just like interrupts the cycle a little bit. And then if my husband's home, he's like, oh, shit, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> and then getting that external validation of like, OK, girl, I see it. You're feeling it, you know has always been a really fun practice for me. So I have an excessive amount of like little 90s and teddies that I got for $4 at the Goodwill. Never too many. <laughs> Never too many. Never too many. And I would just have to offer that to someone out there who's like, I don't even know where to get started. It's like, just buy yourself a cute bra from Ross. Something that's lacy and doesn't make sense under a top for work. And just wear it around the house, you know? Yes, yeah. Just
1: allowing yourself to feel sexy and attune into your body. It really is so important. I talk about this a lot. I, I feel as women, we often get caught up in being somebody else's something, right? Mm. And that, that's kind of that, that, that pressure again, that's forced upon us. We're always somebody else's daughter or somebody else's spouse or somebody else's worker or somebody else's mother or somebody else's something and I feel oftentimes we can forget that we are our own person's self first
0: I absolutely agree and we're always taught to seek the validation of others to dream about our wedding day to dream about you know coupling up with someone that that will make us feel whole and that That although like great wedding days, finding a spouse or a partner or a lover that treats you well is amazing and certainly can elevate your life. Women are often taught that's the end all be all, Mm -hmm. you know, that is the ultimate you've arrived and that's just such bullshit. (laughs) It's such bullshit. And when you can realize like, yes, I want that. And also I can love myself. That's the ultimate because there's nothing wrong with coupling up. There's nothing wrong with having great lovers. There's nothing wrong with wanting these fairy tales that they tell us about, but it often comes at the expense of value, valuing yourself individually Mm -hmm. that you will never be whole without this. And that, that piece is the part that people get caught up in believing
1: Absolutely. That gave me a little bit of chills. It it really is so true that we are already whole.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Where do we go from here? I have so many questions. I want to go back and talk about the eating disorder that you experienced, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that this is something that a lot of, this is a phenomenon that a lot of women experience. When did you realize that you had an eating disorder? Did someone step in and help you realize that? Or was it a, a revelation that you had on your own?
1: That is honestly a really good question that I don't think anybody's ever asked me before. And that yeah. just kind of gave me a little bit of a light bulb moment. Because I think for me, my eating disorder, when it started, it was so in a way normalized. It was so, in a way praised. Um, I, I so I started distance running. I started running half marathons when I was twelve years old. And um I was always a little bit shorter, and I felt like I was a little bit chubbier. I'm sure that I wasn't. But of course, I always felt that I was a little bit shorter and a little bit chubbier than every other long distance runner that I saw. And so I began restricting, When I was only about 12 years old, but I was also running about 70 plus miles a week at that age. And then just over time, it became less and less calories, more and more miles. I never felt like I reached what the goal was. But the big wake up call for me when I realized, oh no, something is wrong. Like this is actually very damaging to my body. It would have been, gosh, like my sophomore year of high school. So I was about 16 and I had had a couple stress fractures in my feet in the past, but I was beginning to experience a lot of pain in my left thigh when I was running. And I told my doctor that it felt like a stress fracture, but the doctor, he told me, That's not possible because the femur is the strongest bone in your body. There's no way that that could be a stress fracture. And after doing a few tests, they learned that it was, in fact, a stress fracture and that I had also done permanent damage to my knees. I think the words he used was your knees sound like Rice Krispie Treats. You have the knees of an 80 year old. I would replace them if you weren't 16 years old. So. I think to me, that was a big wake up call, but I I guess I never really realized it in the past because it was almost outwardly applauded because from the outside, I looked successful. I I was running marathons. I was winning all these awards. I was thin, but I wasn't too thin because I would also binge occasionally. So my weight never got too low, but mm. I, I was perfect to other people, right? I, I looked lean and I looked strong yeah. and I looked fast. Um, but turns out that I wasn't at all. So that to me was the big wake up call that, okay, I might actually be doing some serious long term damage that is irreversible.
0: Because you were not nourishing your body properly. And because you were overexerting it at such a young age,
1: exactly. But again, like growing up in the 2000s, like that—that was the ideal body type, right? Like a very lean body was the ideal body type. So nobody, frankly, ever came up to me and said, "Hey, are you eating? Hey, are you okay? Hey, you've lost a lot of weight recently. Hey, you've been running like a lot. Are you are you making sure that you're giving yourself enough nutrition?" that frankly, unfortunately just didn't exist or happen to me because I think that at that time, my body type at that time was idolized. And so going through that, going through that recovery was honestly very difficult because as I started to eat again, I started to gain obviously a lot of weight. Now I fit around like a size 14, whereas I used to fit like a size two, right? And so allowing myself to love and appreciate and see the body that I currently exist in and allow my body to take up space and allow myself to celebrate my body, even though that body is drastically different than what it looked like, you know,
0: eight, six years ago has been a really, really big step. And so what was the doctor's appointment the turning point for you where he was like, you are you have knees of an 80-year-old? And that's when you were like, okay, something's yeah. wrong. Um, and what right. was it like to unlearn that or to learn that you had an eating disorder through the, it sounded like restrictive eating as well as binging. What yeah. was that process like of unlearning and healing from that?
1: It was really hard because the the doctor essentially told me you're, you shouldn't be running anymore, like no long distance running. And at that point in my life, running was essentially my life running was where I found that I had value running was what I was good at running is what I was applauded for, right? Like running is what I felt made me worthy, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So when I was told, you cannot run anymore, um, it was a big shock. But it also was a blessing in a way because suddenly I had all this free time, right? Because I was running like three, four hours a day. And so I suddenly had all this free time. And in that time, that's when I really just kind of blew up and grew my photography business. That's when I really got into photographing weddings and really just evolving who I was as a person and also my business, but allowing myself to be creative and try new things because I suddenly had all the time. And uh, once I started eating enough calories, the energy to actually do those things.
0: I mean, that's so wonderful. And and when you earlier shared that you're 24 and you've been doing this since you're about 14, I was like, holy shit, this is a young female business owner. What has that been like being such a young person, so focused on creating art, having a business. I mean, I'm 35 and just started a business and there's such a learning curve. And I, I battled so much imposter syndrome, like who am I to be a business owner? What is it like being a young business owner, someone who started in their teens and is now in their early to mid twenties, um, running a full scale business? It's so funny. I
1: don't think that imposter syndrome honestly ever goes away. I was working with a business coach a while ago and she asked me because at the time I was probably like 22. Right. And she asked me at what age do you feel like you'll be worthy or that you'll be enough as a business owner? And I was like, well, maybe, maybe 25. No, it's probably 30. No, probably like 35, maybe, maybe 40. Right. You know, we never, we, we never really reach that. There's always going to be imposter syndrome. It can work in the reverse where people feel like they're too old. Oftentimes a lot of my clients will feel, oh, I'm too old to do photos like that. Or other photographers will say the same thing. Oh, I'm too old to start a business. So our brains are always, honestly, in my opinion, are always trying to find ways to keep us safe and keep us comfortable. And yeah. that often means not doing the things that we want to do. And so, yeah, that imposter syndrome is real. It always has been real. But again, looking back, I was 15 shooting weddings. So I think I just had to go in scared. And that, that's that been a big kind of recurring theme as a business owner throughout my journey, is just being scared and doing it anyways. Just like when I did my first boudoir shoot, being scared, but doing it anyways.
0: Oh, that is. That is definitely going to be a pulled out quote (laughs) that I put out there over and over again, because that is the truth. I think that, like you said, our brains are just trying to protect us and keep us safe. So they tell us these lies that we shouldn't do it or that we can't do it. When in reality, by taking action, even taking action while scared, you'll often find that you land on your two feet just fine. And that just gives you the evidence needed to take the next risk the next risk and then the risk after that and the risk after that. And you start to see you moving closer and closer to your goals. Absolutely. Uh, Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I need to know what has been, you mentioned a woman in a motorcycle outfit, which I think is fantastic. (laughs) What are some other fun things, you know, without like to the comfort level that you have of disclosing things about unnamed clients, what have been some of your most fun photo shoots um, where you found yourself laughing or surprised or had incredible insights about, you know, about the power of women or life in general?
1: Oh gosh. One of my favorite, there's so many, but one of my favorite kind of client stories that I think about a lot is a woman um, named Marnie. And she explained it to me. I'm allowed to cuss, right?
0: Oh, fuck yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She explained to me this concept that she called fuck it 50. And Mm. so she told me about the morning of her 50th birthday when she woke up. She realized that she was in a loveless marriage where she wasn't happy. She was working a job that wasn't fulfilling. She was living in a place where she didn't want to live, essentially that she had lived the past 50 years of her life doing things for other people, trying to please other people, being somebody for other people instead of being for herself. So on her 50th birthday, she called a lawyer and started the steps to file for divorce. She decided to sell her house and move across the country. She quit her job. Um, I don't want to give like too many details, but sure, now sure. she is essentially living her best life and thriving. And she came in for her photo shoot when she was in her 70s. And she explained it to me that she wished she had like a fuck at 40 or a fuck at 30 or a fuck at 25 or a fuck at whenever but she was just grateful and glad that she had her fuck it 50 moment and that she started to live her life for herself instead of for anybody else. And she is just, she's an amazing human being. And so I have one of her prints hung up really large in my office um, just so I can see that every day, even as a reminder for myself.
0: But that is
1: one of my favorite stories is fuck it 50.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to have to have her on the podcast for sure. So after this, (laughs) you'll have to, you'll have to connect me with Marnie um, because I think that's that awakening is something that both your photography can do and there's so many steps along the way right Mm -hmm. even earlier we were talking about just buy something that like a little bra or a little reminder that you matter and that you have a particular style or if you don't have one that you can start a Pinterest board to be like who do I want to be at any point in your life you can have a fuck it moment where you're like (laughs) I deserve better I'm going to die one day and not be here. And you know, Mm -hmm. when I look back on my life, am I going to be happy with at least a majority of it? Some of it, like we have the freedom to do that in small ways and big ways. I'm not telling everyone, out, get a divorce, quit your job, do all the things, you know, you have to be like strategic about your life, but When you realize that you've been living for someone else, someone else's dream, that you have, that your brain is trying to protect you and it stopped you from taking risks, even small ones in your life. When you have that awakening moment, it's such a beautiful thing because it's the start of something greater. It's the start of a new direction. It's the start of really living your life in a way that's true to you. And so I love that story. And I think anyone who books with you could have a fuck it moment. And it just takes, (laughs) it just takes a little step of just doing a consultation with you. Just check Keely out. She's dope as fuck. So, you know, it just takes a little fuck it moment. (laughs) I know it sure does. So how do people connect with you, Keely?
1: Uh, You can find me online. So my website is keelymiller.com and that's spelled K-E-E-L-E-Y-M-I-L-L-E-R. I'm also pretty active on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me there at Keely Miller Portrait. That's P-O-R-T-R-A-I-T. Had to spell that out in my head. (laughs) But yeah, it, it really is like that little fuck it moment. It doesn't have to mean you book a photo shoot right away. Um, I have a lot of clients who just follow me and they creep for a while until they do get that big fuck it moment. But really, I try to remind myself and my clients often that confidence and self-love, these are journeys, not destinations, right? Like it's not point A to point B in one step. So I think, yeah, doing those little fuck doing those little things that are just for yourself um, allows you to take those bigger steps.
0: It's just reclaiming your power back. And reminding yourself each time you do something for yourself that you are worthy of little and big luxuries, that you should not feel shame for luxuriating in yourself and for loving yourself. Um, and so I'm so excited for people to follow you along the journey. I do have to say before we end, one thing that I just love seeing in your videos that you post on TikTok about, you know, coming to your, your studio in San Diego is that there's are snacks, like a healthy amount of snacks. And I'm like, yes, girl eat all the popcorn, eat all the chips because I have a photo shoot tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, I haven't, I've kind of eaten like shit. Cause it's been, you know, a holiday weekend and it's my dad's birthday. And, and I'm like, oh, I really should have been, you know, watching what I eat. And then I'm like, you know what? The woman that I'm doing this photo shoot for wants my body just how it is. Yes, just how it is. And so I love that you have snacks and that you're like, we're going to be here for a little while, you might need some energy, you might want to just feel good, you know eating is I fun appreciate
1: the snacks i even it's it's in my questionnaire i ask all my clients what their favorite snacks are so for example i have a client tomorrow and she wrote hot cheetos so you damn well know i have a family-sized bag of hot cheetos <laughs> ready for her and i yeah of course i keep some protein i keep some carbs i keep like a bunch of food options there so that my clients feel energized and full and obviously a lot of chocolate But yeah, I want it to be fun. So, all the snacks,
0: super Mm -hmm. important. Yet another thing feminism, empowerment, and snacks. You and I were on the same page. Give me (laughs) hot Cheetos and chocolate. Well, thank you, Keely, so much for being (laughs) with us today. I so appreciate the work that you do to help empower women and the work that you put out there in the world. Because whether or not someone books with you or they're just creeping, they're just looking at what you're doing, again, each posts that you put out, each video you put out, each kind of highlighting of a woman's body that may not be represented in the mainstream helps others feel more beautiful, helps others feel worthy, and that they too could be um, desirable and that they too could reconnect with their body and appreciate it for all that it gives them every day. So thank you.
1: Thank you. This has been this has been just incredible. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. This is Dr. Sarah Vogel, and I want to thank you for listening to Lady Bits and Leadership. As always, if you love this podcast, make sure to subscribe to Lady Bits and Leadership and rate and review us so that others can find our community. As the best hype women a girl could ask for, I depend on you all to help me get the word out to other folks. So if you love this episode or just the show in general, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. I would be so appreciative. If you're interested in learning more about working with me through individual or group coaching, just DM me through our Facebook group or Instagram account, both under the name Lady Bits and Leadership. Thank you for trusting me to help guide you on your journey to explore your lady bits so you can love your pussies, rediscover your power, and design a purposeful and fulfilling life. Until next week, this is Dr. Sarah Vogel signing off.